Hello and welcome to God is a Dad podcast. My name's Justin. I'll be joined in a bit by my friends Dan and Jake. Uh, we are three friends who are now dads and we like to talk about how God parents us and then try to parent our kids kind of in the same way. So today we're talking about the question, what makes a good dad? So we thought for a little while we'd like to I guess talk about questions that we have ourselves. So last couple of weeks we talked about emotions because I that was felt like something that I wanted to grow in, and I was asking Dan and Jake what they felt like they wanted to grow in or questions that they had about parenting, and Dan said that was his question: What makes a good dad? How do we assess how good of a job we're doing day to day, week to week, month to month, so on and so forth? So that's what we're gonna do. Let me go ahead and give them a call, and we'll go ahead and get started. Like your question, Dan. I think it's a good one. I think it's. I think it's important. What did you guys think? I mean, what what was your initial thoughts when you thought of what are you doing? What choices are you making? Or what, when do you feel like the best dad? I like have a really hard time quantifying this question. Most of the days, like when I get done, I'm like, eh, I feel okay. That's like sixty percent of the time, and then I don't know, twenty percent of the time or thirty percent of the time, something like that. I'm like, oh. Definitely didn't feel like a good dad today. Like I wasn't present. I wasn't rushing, whatever. And then there's like this rare, like small percentage where I'm like, oh yeah, I killed it today. So, but I don't really, they're all variable for me. Like maybe I brought, like maybe we did like a date with the kids or maybe the kids were able to voice, voice a concept or consequence that they knew they would receive. Or maybe they like wanted me to walk them to school or something where they normally wouldn't care about it. Uh, but it's all nothing is consistent in what makes me feel like really good. Most of the time, I feel like that's okay, but I don't. I don't really have anything that makes me feel like ah oh, yeah, where I can consistently leave the day feeling feeling great about it. So I'm like super interested to hear what you guys. I kind of feel like parenting is 90%, you know, like how people just post on Instagram, like Thursday, and then the next Thursday, they just post another picture of them or video of them doing something. And it's just Thursday. And then the next Thursday, they they post it Thursday. And it's just like like a grind, you know, like they're just, (laughs) I'm just grinding out Thursdays. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I just kind of feel like that's my, that's my parenting thing. Like, I know I'm putting in the work. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm making it happen, but it doesn't. Right. It doesn't really feel. I don't feel that reward. But even like with CrossFit or sports or school or work, at least you have like that presentation at work that you get done. You're like, oh yeah, I feel really good. Or you have that test or that competition or the goal that you've been working towards. <laughs> but with kids, it always feels like, eh, kind of got this thing down. But you know, they're humans. Yeah. And- yeah totally i've yeah i've had that conversation a lot with nicole because she you know she just stays at home and she's all but she's a really high achieving person she was all through school and she was like valedictorian and then she got only one b i think in college or whatever and it ruined her ruined her semester or whatever (laughs) and so she came from that from that kind of lifestyle or that environment of achieving and and doing really well and you know finishing and i think what what you're getting at is or what i heard you say was you finish something right and then you have that presentation or whatever you said that you did a work you finished and yeah. you did a good job and you know you did a good job and there's a sense of satisfaction that comes from that 
with parenting, and especially since she is home all the time and that's her primary, you know, role and responsibility, she kind of never feels the satisfaction of getting something done and, and feeling like yeah. I achieved this today and it was really good and I did a great job and kind of getting that finality and that positive feedback because it's just this kind of continuing. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess when they're 18, kind of, you feel like they're a finished product. But I mean, even after that, you know, parents are still involved. They're still involved in my life well past 18, you know, it's still are. So that sense of finality takes decades or more, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. So it, can, yeah. it can be a really, a really difficult thing to kind of like assess performance. There is no feedback from any, any outside source. It's kind of all yourself, you know, which is why I think the question is such a good one and pretty important because, you know, how we assess ourselves is really, really important in terms of satisfaction and like being happy, I think with, <laughs> yeah. with your parents. Yeah. It's an interesting question. What, what, what thoughts do you have, Jake? Yeah, I I basically just thought, like, when do I feel good uh, as a dad? And so I, I sort of remo- removed it apart from, like, the accomplishment, the, the achievement status uh, type of thing because he's only, what, 16 months old? So, sure. you know, you're, my understanding of what he can actually achieve is pretty limited. Oh man, you right. don't climb on the table anymore. Oh, awesome. That's a that's a death. <laughs> so, which I mean, we were actually pretty happy about when we uh, established that with him. <laughs> that's uh, good, yeah. So, yeah, I think anytime when you can uh, successfully and consistently like discipline a 15-month-old and he gets it, that's that's a success. But I feel like the being present probably the biggest one for me and so i i relate when when you said that dan because i feel like it's just so easy to just let your kids self-entertain and just run around and then you you do your own thing and they're they're more than happy to like Mm -hmm. be running around you know in the living room kitchen around the whole house and all right awesome well i'll just uh read a book or i'll just look at fantasy football or you know i'll watch youtube while you just run around and so yeah i think any time where i can be actively present and and realize it and choose it to to be with him and to interact with him and to play with him i'm like oh man that yeah this is great so like here's my one of my specific questions off shooting this general question is what is an acceptable tolerance or time time range that you feel like okay with your kids self-entertaining or kind of like by themselves throughout the day not even in front of a tv or whatever but just we do 45 minutes of screen time a day i think is kind of what we what we have and they get home from school and they want to play a game or whatever but then yeah i've got to make dinner or like the house needs to be cleaned or i've got to finish writing notes for my job or whatever it is there's plenty of times that i can fill my time during the day with constructive things that i feel like is a valuable skill for them to have to be like bored and kind of like self-entertain a little bit but also where's that line for you guys because i think that would help me feel a whole lot better is just knowing like what other people think is an appropriate amount of <laughs> appropriate amount of time. Cause I don't know. I have no idea. I don't remember my parents trying to fill my time up, you know, all the time. I, I was like a happy <laughs> yeah. kid doing whatever I did, but I, for some reason I feel like I need to. And like some of that could be, they live in an apartment and I don't want them to be super loud. 
there's still plenty of days where I feel like I don't give them enough attention, and I'm not, I'm not sure if that's arbitrary standard that I've come up with. This is where a lot of the grind comes. I don't know. I feel like I discipline them way more than I encourage them some days because like mm-hmm. my my interactions with them are like limited on some days when I don't have a lot of time and they're self-entertaining yeah. and then they get in trouble. And yeah, yeah, I feel like my answer to probably every every question that will be like that is, I mean, I yeah, I, I just think it's always a sticky thing to kind of talk to. To, to, <laughs> if, I had to, if I had to bet on your answer, that would have definitely been my bet. <laughs> what, what, what? I haven't even said it yet. What, what, what would oh, you <laughs> You've already said it. 100%. <laughs> okay. You don't like the specifics. You don't, you don't want to give like a, uh, like, yeah. You want to like have somebody figure out for themselves what they feel comfortable with. So they, yeah, I just think it's really dangerous because yeah. then you, you shame people and then you put people in a box and every family's so different and every child's so different, every parent's so different. And and so I guess I like principles better than rec- right. like, I don't know, recommendations. So so for, for my kids, I don't have to put a time. My limit is as long as they can self-entertain, I will let them self-entertain. But they, they do not self-entertain for for a really long time. It's kind of something that we've been trying to stretch them and build them into doing more because they're very dependent on mostly me, but oh yeah, also Nicole too, for like entertainment and playing or coming up with different ideas or or keeping them keeping them engaged in something. Yeah. So we you know we institute to do stuff. We we we've been trying to do brother time where they have to go in their room and they have to play <laughs> with each other. Either they do Legos or they play action figures or they uh, build with blocks or whatever they want to do. They can do anything in the room, but they have to go in there for 30 or 45 minutes. And they really, they, they struggle. I mean, it depends on the day. And some days, I don't know, they just kind of get in the zone. But they generally struggle to make it past 45 minutes in that yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah, I would never, it never is like they've been gone for three hours and I feel like, oh, I kind of feel guilty that I haven't spent more time mm-hmm. with my kids because yeah. they're, after 45 minutes, they're back and they're wanting to, to have that opportunity. Yeah. Do you guys do that every day? No, no, definitely not. It just depends. I mean, someday, you know, because like Dan said, a lot of times it's driven by if we have something to do, if we need to get something done or, or have a different, you know, different things to take care of, then we need them kind of, kind of to, right. to entertain themselves. And they're getting better as they get older. I mean, we kind of talked about that in a different episode. You know, as they get older, I think they get, they get better. So do you have any thoughts about that, Jake, about how long is too long to self-entertain? I feel like for for Elliot, when he like starts to like come up to you and he's he's whining and he's crying and he's sort of like oh bored, you you can just tell he wants to be engaged right now. Uh, it's probably a half hour too late, and so <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like I probably should have been with him or playing with him a, a half hour earlier. But I mean, that's just in the middle of the day. We don't have anything going on. He's just hanging out. I'm just hanging out. I would say probably the more like problematic times are like making dinner when we're like at like small group or something, and he just wants to be with everyone. Uh, then it's a lot easier to just incorporate him into whatever we're doing. 
And so whether that be like, oh, here's a pot and pan and you can bang around with it while we cook. And so that's something, you know, it's not like a huge compromise or whatever. We're not like, it's not super creative at all, but Mm -hmm. it's something where like he still feels (laughs) part of of, uh, whatever's going on. But yeah, uh, I think it's really just figuring out like the pulse, his personality of, all right, what's going on today? What does he need? What, What do I need? And going with the flow with that. Yep. It's like with my kids, uh, we kind of do the sibling time, kind of like the brother time. And they're they're pretty good with that. That's not really an issue because they're both able to kind of read time. They can kind of be like, all right, you have till five o'clock. And then they just have to wait till five <laughs> to come out of the room. And they, they're <laughs> like getting pretty good at doing that. Oh, maybe we need to, yeah, maybe we need to put a clock in their room. <laughs> we don't, we don't have a clock in their room so that they like always come out and then they have to look at the clock and then they're like, is it time yet? And we're like, look at the clock. And then they are like, oh, and then they kind of complain and try to like stay out and then they go sneak back in. So yeah, that's, oh, I need to do that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Their clock is actually outside of the room, uh, having it, in the oh, okay. but like they know they should know, <laughs> they know about half the time that they don't have to come and talk to us to check the time and they don't have to come and talk to us about going to the bathroom. But <laughs> uh, I would say it's like 50-50. So, but they generally do a pretty good job with it because in this sibling time, they, yeah, it's like half hour to 45 minutes that we expect them to be in there playing with one another. But Eli is needs constant attention. And Ella, I'll, I'll play with Eli for like an hour. And I'll be like, wait, where's Ella? And she will have sat in her room drawing and gluing and stapling pieces of paper together. And she'll come out with a five-page book. And all of the pages will be just fully colored. So they are super different. Very, very different kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when Ella wants my attention, she, like, wants it badly. You know, like, if you don't give it to her, she usually the consequences are high for not giving her what she wants. Like she'll just throw temper tantrums. Right, uh, r- right now we're like talking about child number two, and we're we're trying to figure out when when that's gonna happen. So I'm curious about like sibling uh, relationships. Do do your kids like each other, and would they be aware enough to like put that into words? Oh, my brother, my sister, they're my friends, and I like them. Would they describe their sibling as a friend? My kids, I would say, actively did not like each other until like six months ago. <laughs> they like got on each other's nerves and like were always fighting. And people would always say like, oh, you've got twins. Isn't that great? They play together. And I'd be like, that has not been the case for us up until the last six months. And then it's been great. It's phenomenal now. They like to play together and they'll like both push each other around or jump on the couch or yeah it's really nice to have them both around each other for sure and i kind of feel like we're lucky too i don't know that it would you know it doesn't have to turn out that way and has spent a lot of prayer time asking Mm -hmm. uh god for that Mm. she really wants that yeah i mean our our kids like if we ask them who their best friend is they will say each other Mm. uh, which is which is pretty cool uh usually i mean cameron is a little more positive about james than james is about cameron cameron's the younger one so you know he's i don't know the younger one kind of is drawn more to the the older one but i would say probably in the last three months they've started 
fighting a lot more. They've started mm-hmm. get, getting into the, the classic older brother tries to control and boss around the younger brother, and the younger brother tries to exert his power by just whining mm. all the time, by like crying <laughs> and whining all the time. That's how he exerts influence in the relationship. So we're, we're at a loss right now for exactly how to deal with it because it is, <laughs> it is just getting worse and it's just the same. Yeah, it's just the same thing over and over again. Every, <laughs> every single fight is the exact same. James tries to boss Cameron. Cameron gets frustrated and just whines and screams at him. And then we intervene and say the same things, which we think are the right things to say, but they're not, it's just not working. So, so they're, they, it's weird because they, I think they almost kind of like that relationship. They like that dynamic right now. It's in some ways it's entertaining. I think, mm. you know, yeah. I remember that as an older brother. I, you know, I would, I wouldn't at least, at least for James, it's, it's probably entertaining. I don't know if it's as entertaining for Cameron. Uh, it's at least, <laughs> I don't know if it's enjoyable, but it's stimulating for him. You know, you just, you're like a little bored. And so you just start bothering them, start trying to get under their skin. And then it's kind of, I don't know, it's a, it's a simple way to entertain. So we're trying to figure out how to, we, we don't know. We don't have any answers right now about how to, how to solve it. Cause it's just the same thing over and over again. That's kind of <laughs> like Eli and Ella kind of had the same thing going on where Ella would boss him around. And so uh-huh. I don't know when, how long it took, yeah. but we were like, well, it's probably started with their toys because like we always encourage them to share, but if they don't want to share. Like we say it's theirs. You know, we, we say like, would you want to be shared with? And like, yeah, well, do you want to share with your sister or whatever? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But we always said like, ah, oh, it's, you know, like it's your decision whether or not mm-hmm. you help out your, your sibling. <laughs> when Ella starts to boss Eli around now, Eli, <laughs> Eli will, will yell at her. It's my decision to play with you whether or not. And then like (laughs) run out of the room. Like, I don't have to listen to you if I don't want to. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty great. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I feel like that um on those days I would say I don't I don't feel like a great dad because you know that really makes me like I when I was thinking about your question, the answer I came up with was I feel like a, a good dad when throughout most of the day I look at my my attitude towards them or my perspective towards them. And I can say that I genuinely enjoyed my kids. Like when I enjoyed them yeah. and who they are mm-hmm. and being yeah. with them, that, that's when I feel like the most successful or, or like the best dad. Because, you know, so even as I, even I can feel it even right now, as I'm talking about dealing with or handling their, their conflict, it's <laughs> so easy to, to view my children as something, some, another aspect of my life that I have to manage like my money or like my performance at my job or like whatever, all the different things we have to manage. When my kids fall into that type of a category, Mm -hmm. that's something that I have to take care of. That's when I, that's when I make the worst choices as a dad, right? That's when I get the most frustrated. That's when I treat them the worst, but, uh, and that's when I feel bad at the end of the day when there's just another problem kind of in my life. life. And you know, they're they're, they're important problems and I, I always really care about the problems. But then for me, that, that's what I felt like was the big difference. The, the best right. times of my feeling are when I'm like, yeah, I, I look at them as people. And I actually started to do this recently. It's really interesting. I, just try it. Just try like looking at your child for like 10 seconds and just, just look at them. With, not because you have to or not because they're calling attention, but just like look at them and just see them. And it's been, it's been really positive for my attitude and heart towards them. I don't know. I just like, just like look at them as a person and just kind of appreciate who like them, that they are there. And I don't even say anything. I'll just look at them. I'll, or I'll just start, stop and watch them. And I'll just kind of appreciate that the they are who they are. It helps me like delight in them. And that's when it makes mm-hmm. me feel like that. 
What, yeah. what made you uh, start doing that? I don't know, man. I was just at the, it was at the table one time. And I think I was sitting there and James was having a snack uh, after school. And he was just, I don't know, I think he was doing something kind of interesting, like talking to, he kind of, he's really like in his own head. So he was just kind of talking to himself or imagining or playing things or whatever. He just like does it all the time in his head. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of, it just kind of caught my attention because he was talking to himself like he was, I don't know, I don't remember if he was a superhero or a Jedi or something, but he was playing out an adventure in his head. And I was really interested to, you know, hear what, what he was going to say or what he was going to do in his own head. And so I just started watching and I just saw him and I was, I just watched him and I was looking at him without any other purpose you know other than just to mm. see him and i i felt really it was really positive i felt really really positive about it and after that i was kind of i just then i tried, did it the next day with cameron and just kind of looked at him and like took just took five seconds you know just to look at them and it really helped i don't know it was cool uh <laughs> so so yeah seeing them as people and not not problems to manage or mm. even not problems but just just like tasks to manage kind of even if it's not like a negative thing but I feel like I should do that with like everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it might not be as socially acceptable, but <laughs> you might have to be a little more discreet. But right. yeah, you could. Yeah, man. I yeah, I even started doing it occasionally. I don't I don't do it all the time, and I've kind of resolved that I wanted to, but I don't. I just forget to. But it, I think it would really help with the classes that I teach too, yeah. just to. You know, for five seconds before I start a lesson, because they're all just talking, if I just looked around and just kind of recognized there are 22 humans in the classroom right now, yeah. and they're all important to God, and they're all real people with real things going on in their life and real emotions and real issues or whatever, I just think it would, it would change. It would change how I, how I treat them. I mean, something, something you, you made, you said in one of our previous episodes, Jake, made me, I, I just, it made me really appreciate uh, that you're kind of in like a different parental stage right now, because... I think it was when you were talking about parenting me hard and you were just like, I don't know. I don't really think parenting is hard. I just think it's kind of fun because I just really enjoy, I just really enjoy Elliot right now. You mm-hmm. just kind of enjoy him being around. You just look at him and you play, he crawls around and he's fun or whatever. I don't know. Th- that really, uh, it just kind of reminded me of, I guess, the idealism that I have somewhat let go of <laughs> from <laughs> earlier in parenting or before. And I really like that you were in a different life stage and I just remembered, I was like, oh yeah, like, I used, when there was one kid and he didn't require that much, and I could just watch him. Right. I, I I did that a lot more, you know, and it was really it was cool to be reminded of that. When, when do you think that went away? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, for, yeah, for, yeah, <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely. When we had Cameron, when we had our second, right. yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, Nicole Nicole told us to me before, but it definitely is true that I just I didn't feel like I, I was really a dad, truly, fully in in fatherhood until I had a second, because then then your time is just never your own sort of because you can't you can't pass them off you know you're sure you're playing man-to-man defense right and we, i think we said that before but yep yep <laughs> but that's when uh yeah that's probably my change can't wait yeah keep well keep and before that keep reminding me of of yeah yeah i, I really like the i really like the, the that perspective uh, it's right. really helpful <laughs> i feel like that's a super helpful qualification for me justin because the two scenarios that make me feel like a good dad are either a when I'm having fun with my kids and I'm genuinely having fun with my mm-hmm. kids, yeah, uh, <laughs> not just like I'm doing it to have fun, yeah, which is <laughs> which well, more common, sure. yeah, for sure, uh, for sure. Well, <laughs> I'm feeling it switch to actually having you know like the scale yeah, yeah. dipping towards the older they get, but 
when I would actually have fun with them because I think that would mean that I was like bought into them as a person. Mm -hmm. They were less of my responsibility and more of somebody that I wanted to spend time with. The other scenario that makes me feel like a good dad is when they, I guess, like just don't act like a robot. (laughs) Like you can see like the curiosity (laughs) and like actually asking a question that is not just, can I have cereal? Can I, can I play? Uh, Yeah, sure. Can I, can I do this? Because, it's funny, it has like very little to do with me and it's not controllable at all. <laughs> uh, but it feels like I, that I'm able to see like, yeah, their humanity uh, a whole lot more in those moments where, they, where they're curious about something that's just not a, an immediate physical or emotional need, um, but something about the world or about the, about the earth. But I haven't been able to like link those two things. Mm. Um, yeah, sure. But it's like very apparent that that is the I think the principle behind it is them being a person. Then it, I feel like it'd be really easy if I could maintain that. I feel like it'd be a whole lot less of a grind. And I feel like, you know, the percentages I'll give an update maybe in the next couple of weeks, whether or not I feel like it's a grind or if anything's switched. Because, yeah, that's why I've never thought having babies is fun. Just because I don't really feel like mm. they're, I don't feel like they're people. <laughs> right, right. I just feel yeah. like they're like machines that cry. And but it's a hard, re- I, like for me, that's a challenging reality to live in. <laughs> mm. I would say I never had the experience that that Jake had because I was I always felt like they were just like babies were just kind of like a problem <laughs> for me to. What well, <laughs> you started with two though, so yeah, you yeah, know, that's the difference, yeah. right? Yeah. Your your time was never your own. Or, I mean, it was always not your own from the minute they, they were in the world. So it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I think, I really think for me, one thing that I've been talking a lot about with Nicole is I've realized that a lot of times I get really, the times I get most frustrated with them are when I don't see them as, as people because essentially so much of the conflict comes from my children have, have values that I don't have. And then they get frustrated when they're, those values that I don't share with them are not being met. And then I get frustrated mm-hmm because I don't care about those values <laughs> at all. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm not helping you with that. And they're like, but I want this. Uh, and I'm like, I don't care. No, I don't, I don't want to help you with that because it means nothing to me, right? But that's because yeah. I'm not respecting them as people. So I'm like, what you want is not important. And I think that because I'm an adult and you're a child and your wishes don't matter because you're four or you're five. Uh, <laughs> for example, James is really into uh, socks. He's really into socks and he really likes... <laughs> <laughs> socks. He really likes long, like specifically long socks. Oh, James. Uh, so he, so he wears Don't like he. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't be like your dad. No. Yeah. I mean, he he definitely gets it from from that, you know, uh, from my crew socks or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he actually like kind of steals my socks at times because they're longer than his. You know, <laughs> we even bought him kid sized long socks, but he likes adult sized long socks. Like oh, soccer, man. like soccer size, like yeah. soccer. So he yeah, yeah. likes the feeling of just having his legs like covered or kind of tight, or I think it's comfortable to him or something. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, he but he's very particular about what socks he wants when he wants them for going to different places. He wants certain socks, you know. I even <laughs> our floors don't have carpet, so he if he wears socks inside, he's constantly slipping and falling because everything's tile. Mm-hmm. You know, they're running around playing. He's yeah. constantly falling in himself. So I took some of my old socks and I, I cut off the feet so that he could have just like the tubes. <laughs> yeah. I put the yeah, tubes yeah. on, but I have the feet. 
But so anyway, so we'll be like going somewhere and he will not have the socks that he wants. And he'll be like, dad, I want the, I want socks, you know, or I want long socks or whatever. And we'll be like, no, your socks are fine. We're just, we just, we're going to go to the grocery store or go to a friend's house or whatever. And he's like, no, I want those socks. And in that moment, I'm like, no, this is stupid. Your socks are not important because I don't see him as, I don't see him as a person, as someone whose, whose desires and values are equally as important as mine, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I get frustrated because he like starts crying because he really wants them. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's dumb. It doesn't, it's not important, but it is because he is, you know, he's a person. <laughs> and the moment I can see him and his values and respect that, Hey, everybody in the world has different values and everybody's values are important. And just cause they're not the same as yours doesn't mean they don't matter. You know, I would never say that about an adult, right? An adult who has a different, different values than me. So as soon as I do that with him, it really, it really helps me not get as frustrated because mm-hmm. that happens all the time with kids. That's constantly yeah. for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. It's constantly the conflict is they want something that's really, really important to them and it's not important to me. And mm. then there's conflict, right? <laughs> I'm interested now. Like how often do you, how often do you go and get new socks? Versus yeah. Like, yeah. Like my kids, if they did that, I would be like, deal right. with it. Let's go. <laughs> trying to think of something that as, oh man, Eli is obsessed with some different types of shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Now it's more, he, he used to really like button-up shirts. Like, really <laughs> yeah. like them and just, like, button them the whole way up to his neck. Nice. And he'd wear, like, that and a pair of athletic shorts. And he would love it. He'd love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he doesn't like them anymore. So, but for church, we'll, like, get dressed up nice. Sure. Uh, for a while, we didn't care. And then we were like, mm, when you're rolling in with your ripped jeans and a pair of... <laughs> Like a third generation hand-me-down shirt that's stretched out. It doesn't feel super great. So we, we've stepped up our our etiquette maybe. But I think I would have a I would have a difficult time wanting to to pause us leaving for my child to change his socks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So do do you ever like explain, hey, I still care about you, I still value your desires, but we're still not doing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean because obviously part of the lesson in life is that your values aren't the only thing that are important, right? Because right. it yeah. needs to go both ways. So sometimes if we're really in a rush or, or if it, it's not possible, he needs to understand that. So what, ha- yeah, so I wasn't there for this, but Nicole told me that one time at school, they were going, they were going to, I think another kid's baptism or something after school one day, but he was, James has to wear a uniform to school. And so he, Nicole mm. didn't, didn't bring the clothes that he had in his mind that he was going to wear to this baptism. <laughs> <laughs> but she, of course, had no way of knowing what he had in his mind. He didn't communicate that to her, you know. So she pulls out the clothes that she has for him. They're in the bathroom so he can change at school. And he's like, these aren't the clothes I want. He also likes long pants. I don't think she brought long pants. He's like really into socks and long pants. So something about his legs being covered. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he didn't have long pants. She brought him shorts. And he started freaking out, really freaking out. Big time tantrum, crying. And she said it, it got really bad. And she said, And she said she did a really good job, actually. He was crying for probably like 15 minutes just arguing with her, you know? And she said that in that 15 minutes, two different teachers came in to the bathroom and was like, is everything okay? Like, what's, you know, what's going on? Because they're just walking by and heard, heard him screaming in the hall. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the reality there was, James, like, your desires aren't the only thing that's important. I'm not driving a half hour, half hour back home to get your pants. You need to learn to deal with this because we have friends. We're going to go to their party. It's important that we're there. So he, he does have to learn that sometimes. It, yeah. But that's always a balance with life, you know? It's just... Yeah. people and having other people value you so for me i i think it um part of it comes down to 
understanding like so that would be a bad that freak out in the bathroom would be a bad manifestation of sure something yeah. inside him that i think is actually good like mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing he cares about his clothes not a bad thing he cares about his appearance that he has specific styles specific preferences with with camera it's a little bit easier to see like he really cares about he's very particular like when he sets out to draw something or color something he wants to be perfect he wants it to be exactly the way he imagines it and so if he doesn't, he just freaks out. If he's writing his name and his M hit the two arcs on his M are not equal, he loses it. He's like, this sucks. You know, <laughs> I, I literally start. And then he's like, dad, fix it. And he's doing it in marker. I'm like, I can't fix it. Like, there's no way to fix it. <laughs> and he's like, but I don't want it to be like this. And I'm like, I can't do it. There's nothing I can do, but it's marked. Like, I can't erase it. And he's like, I don't, you know. And so we have to talk about mistakes and mistakes are good. And, you know, we just try again yeah. and all that kind of stuff, whatever. And so I... Sometimes I get really frustrated. I just get really annoyed because he creates a problem in my life that I have to then deal with. I have to stop whatever I'm doing and deal with his stupid, the M's aren't the same width. That's one way to look at it. The other way that I try to look at it now more is by understanding that there's something good behind what he's actually doing, behind that value, right? Mm. There's something good behind him wanting to do yeah. something the right way. And he's, he's manifesting that badly. But if I honor the thing that's good behind it, then it helps me want to appease that value and do what I can to kind of help him navigate that a little better. And I really, this comes down to, I think this is how God is with us because we have all kinds of values that he's put inside of us that we manifest poorly. We do. We like, (laughs) we take what he's given us and then we take it too far or we don't take it far enough. And he sees that. And I just think he's really patient with us. I think he's really patient with us and our, our frustrations about things that we care about in life that don't go our way. That comes, I think, from something he put inside of us. And I think he's really, really patient and really gracious with us when we don't don't manifest what he's put in us really, really well. Because he sees us as people, you know, he sees our values and he understands why they're there and that they're good. And that we just need to be, I don't know, I guess, discipled or taught how to properly express them. Yeah, it, that, that has helped me a lot. Not get, not get as frustrated, but I definitely don't do it all the time. And it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it all comes down to whether I... Um, thinking about them as people or enjoying them as people. So, yeah. Mm. Well, guys, I'll, I'm going to I'm gonna have to bounce. All right. That's it for another episode. Uh, sorry about the abrupt endings. I still have not figured out how to close down the conversations or transition in a, in a normal podcast manner. The problem is we just keep talking to each other for about 15, 20 minutes after we end our official discussion. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that'll get a little better. But thanks for uh, bearing with us. If you would like to, follow us on Instagram or Facebook. That would be great. Otherwise, the main thing we would ask of you is to just tell somebody that you know about our podcast. Uh, Mom, dad, husband, wife, doesn't really matter. Uh, Anybody that you think would benefit from thinking about and discussing more what God's like and then applying that to their life, that would be great. So please tell somebody about it. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. There's so many ways to go and get it, so take your chances and make advances. Yeah.